My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors at this church and a great privilege to be preaching this morning. And we are kicking off a new series. But before I do that, I just want to mention that um, next week we're going to be saying goodbye to an amazing, amazing family. And uh, the man who is welcoming you this morning, Emmanuel, has been part of, and his wife, we've been part of the leadership team of this church and the eldership team of this story for a number of years, for five years. And they're going to be relocating to the, U- to the UK, to the United Kingdom of the KwaZulu-Natal. And um, that's where they're going. And um, they're going back there. They got sent from there. They're going back then. We're going to be releasing them and celebrating the gifts that they have been to this community next week, which is really, really exciting. So love on them. Take the moments. Send messages. Do what we need to do. We're a family. We're navigating the seasons. If you're far away, send messages and just thank what the gifts that God gives to this community at these times. But today, maybe you didn't notice, you would have heard the word faithful a lot during worship. Anyone pick up the hint? It's like, Someone spoke to Bunty and said, I want you to sing about the faithfulness of God. And that was me, just confession. It wasn't the ginger redhead Gabriel Phillips. He's on leave. It was me. And um, as we navigate the season, Gabe mentioned two weeks ago, I don't know if if you remember, but he was preaching about Jeremiah and Jeremiah writing the book of Lamentations. And in the middle of the book of Lamentations, he just stops and he declares, yet... He just stops everything and he speaks about the faithfulness of God. And as he said it, I was reminded that it's important where we land our lament. And I'm going to speak about that today. It's called landing your lament. I don't know if you've listened to music lately, but if you want to sell your song to the world, basically this is what you need. You need an emo haircut with an emo vibe and an emo song with emo words. And emo means emotional if you're over than 30. And... Um, but we were driving with my kids and I started to ask my kids, what songs do we listen to? What about love songs? They're like, yeah. So they start rattling off these sad love songs. I'm like, you are 11 years old. Why are you listening to this stuff? But our world is fascinated by the lament of man. And yet, the church struggles with it. I watched someone, you can't have church with masks on, we can't worship and there was a great comment that came after it. The church been wearing masks for years. Let's just be honest, guys. How are you doing today? Top of the world, man. Things are amazing. God is glorious. Hashtag blessed. Check my bumper sticker. How could it not be? Because we're not good and we don't realize that part of a spiritual journey is going through the valleys. That's why he's the lily of the valley. That's why he's the good shepherd who leads us from the bottom of the valley through the right paths, through the top of the mountaintops, because there will be mountaintop times, but there will also be valley moments. He says, I want to give you a language for both the mountaintops, and I want to give you a language for the valley. And we are very good with the language for the mountaintops. We sing songs of praise and we get excited and that is good. But I'm telling you to be the church on a journey that God has us. We have to learn the value of lament and prayer and navigating grief. And so we're going to look today at this amazing book that Gabe mentioned, the book of Lamentations. Who's read the book of Lamentations lately? There we go. Anyone heard of it? (laughs) It's page 919 in my Bible. (laughs) And um, it's this incredible book that happens at the most strategic time. It's the second siege of Jerusalem. It's, uh, they've had these 500 years of God restoring through Abraham. 
Then David, victory after victory after victory and the boundaries of God's people getting restored and life coming back to the streets and to the city. And God fills the city with the temple and his presence and it's all going down and things are great. And then what happens? The siege. And the city is decimated and gone. And the book of Lamentations is this account of what happens afterwards. It's the processing of God's people after this devastation. It's the writings, and, and it doesn't say it in the book, but every commentator agrees it comes straight off to Jeremiah. It's quoted in Jeremiah's writings that Jeremiah pens this book of five poems of lament. He takes the mask off. He throws it far away and he says, here's what I'm going to do because you know what happened in Jeremiah's life? God called him at a young age. And I'd be, I was young and I remember saying, encountering God, God, call me to something. If he'd called me to this guy's ministry, it would have sucked. It would be terrible. Michelangelo paints Jeremiah and this is the picture he paints of Jeremiah. It's on the top of the Sistine Chapel. If we got that picture, we can put it up. He's called the weeping prophet. Let me give you a little story. He's called by God. He didn't want the call. He just, he didn't want the call. We see that in Jeremiah 1. It carries on. He gets a ministry of judgment. His ministry is daily to go out and to declare to the people that if they don't repent and change their ways, they will be judged. Who wants that ministry? It's like I've never seen someone sign up for that. How do I serve a church? Ministry of judgment. Amen. And then part of his ministry is God calls him to a journey of you are forbidden to marry for your ministry. So there's no marriage partner. There's no journey in this thing for our man, Jeremiah. So he goes on a journey of living a life, navigating and enduring depression. You can see that all over his writings. So well, how can someone called of God into a ministry of God, into a powerful journey of God struggle with depression? Because he's on this side of heaven. And he navigates the reality of the call at that time. And he's leading God's people. And then, you know what happens? Part of the siege, he gets imprisoned. Things are getting better for Jeremiah. I'm just trying to paint you the picture of the guy who writes the most emo song in the Bible that would have sold millions of records if they had records and Apple iTunes in those days. And then, his 50 years of prophesying that if they don't respond to the Word of God, the prophecy comes true. You would imagine the prophet like, I'm the guy called this one for 50 years. Not. Jeremiah is completely broken by the devastation of God's city. I mean, he is broken. He is saddened and he mourns the loss of Jerusalem. It's a tough call. Some of you are like, yes, I came to church to be uplifted today. Stick around. I'm helping us land our lament. Because where our lament lands is very important. What's not important is that we never lament. People say, well, I don't get sad and I don't. Rubbish. Honestly, I'm an optimistic up person. I, I don't struggle to get up. But there are days I'm going, God, I don't like this. And unless we have those days, I'm telling you, we've got masks on with him. Forget coming to church with a mask on. So I want to read from the book of Lamentations this morning. Maybe you can turn there if you can find it in your Bible. It's in the Old Testament after Jeremiah. And we're going to have it on the screen as well. But I want to read a few scriptures just to give you some context. This is the Bible. We find life in the Bible, but we also find our ability 
to navigate life. And so 2020 has been a year. And if you don't have some lament in your year, I'm not sure you've been awake this year. I think you were hibernating for a Cape Town winter or something. Because there, there's some things to lament, even if they're not your story. This wasn't Jeremiah called this devastation. And he's still lamenting. This is how it goes. If you think you can't be honest with God, let's learn from one of his guys. How deserted lies the city, Lamentations 1, once so full of people. How like a widow is she who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. He takes the people of God and the city of Jerusalem and he likens them to a widow. He says, bitterly she weeps at night. Tears are upon her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is none to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. So glad I came to church today. What about Lamentations 2? It carries on. He's just, it's more and more. This is the most emo guy in the world. Verse 11, my eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment, torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. Because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, where is bread and wine? As they faint like wounded men in the streets of the city. As their lives ebb away in their mother's arms. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch more between this. I can read more. Let's carry on to Lamentations 3 verse 1. I am the man who has seen affliction. By the rod of his wrath, he has driven me away. Who's he talking about? He's talking about God. He says, and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old. And has, I feel that too sometimes, actually, I'm just saying. And has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. And he just carries on. It's like more and more and more. It's like how low can you go and not in the good party kind of way. This is the emo lament kind of way. And then in verse 19, I want to jump ahead because we can't read the whole thing for time. It says, I remember my affliction. I, I remember it. And my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. It says, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to my mind and therefore I have hope. He says, I remember, but this is what I call to my mind. This is what I'm going to fix my eyes on. This is how I'm going to fix my posture to do life. I remember it all. I haven't forgotten a day. He says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion and therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's like everything changes. It's like that movie, 300, don't watch it, 300, and the guy just kicks it like, Whoa, what did he do there? How did you do that? It's like those movies that all turn on one action of one guy who steps into the ring and strikes the giant. It all changes. And Jeremiah's there. He spent 50 years fighting for the people to hear God. They didn't hear God. The devastation comes because God was our judge at that time. And there was no Jesus paying their price before that case. So the judgment comes upon God's people as he had warned them. And the enemy gets victory. And yet, he still says, yet, I'll fix my eyes 
I, I will tame my mind to think and I will remember the brokenness and the pain, but I'll move forward. And I want to give you three points about landing your lament. I can't tell you how to write your lament, but I, I believe as a Bible teacher, my call is to help you land your lament in the right place. Because I'm seeing lots of laments of Christians who on Sunday are hands up and Jesus is fantastic. And on Monday, it's like Donald Trump has ruined my world and this soak has ruined my world and some politician has said something that's ruined my world and everyone's ruining my world. But Jesus, point number one, what are you calling to mind? See, we're a little bit like computers. I think someone sat down and said, how do we get computers to work? And I really know nothing about computers. So I'm going to tell you what I think computers work like. But you want to find something, you go in a search engine and there are all these channels and ways and there are these structured systems of information flow that you're searching for something and it'll navigate to find that. And there are these ways of thinking. There is this calling to mind information. And we are the same. And when we engage a situation, a circumstance, or a year like 2020, or a failed business, or a marriage under pressure, or relationships that seem broken, or the fact that I'm really lonely in the midst of a pandemic, or a whole bunch of things that might be going on in your world at this time, what will you call to mind? Because that's really important. Where do you go for your information? How do you navigate the storm? And I want to remind you, because Jeremiah says, I'm going to call to mind who my God is. And he encountered God this way. It says in Jeremiah 1, it says, The word of the Lord, verse 4, came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command. Do not be afraid of them. Verse 9, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth. Who was Jeremiah? And what does he call to mind? He called to mind that the God of heaven spoke to him. He calls to mind that the God of heaven called him to a task. And as tough as the task was, the God of heaven called him to it. He called to mind that he was called and spoken to by God and he was touched by God. What do you call to mind? See, when I was 14, 15 years old, I was encountered God. I actually didn't like it. I, I remember lamenting, God, if you'd only chosen me at 25, I could have a really good testimony by 25. But you're coming in now at 15, you're just cutting off my chance for a good testimony. Don't tell me I'm the only one who's thought that. <laughs> Eternity is going to be so long. Just give me 10 years to go wild. And yet, God had spoken. I couldn't explain it to anyone. God had touched my life. So when I navigate the storms and I'm called to lament some of the challenges of life, I'm called to land my lament in who God is, who He said He is, and how He has engaged my life and the character of His faithfulness. See, He doesn't land them in any just character of God. He lands us in the middle of Lamentations 3 in the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. See, God's people have always struggled with faithfulness. You just struggle to study the Israelites and they just kept on being unfaithful to God. And any chance they got, they would make an idol, they'd run off here, they'd worship this guy. They'd lament the fact that God had set them free from slavery. And then God comes in and says, I'm going to show you that even though you are faithful, 
faithless. And even though you are unfaithful, I am a God of faithfulness. It's not a descriptor of who I am. It's my essence and nature. And as we spend these three weeks building up to Christmas, I, I was praying. I said, God, land us in your faithfulness at this time. That whether the storms are raging or we're at the top of the mountain, as some of us are, or at the bottom of a valley, as some are navigating, we're encountering God. We're landing in the right place. Is that helpful? Secondly, consumed by love. And if I just asked you the question, what's consuming you right now? How many times did you check your online banking on Wednesday to see if there's still money there? Or as the month end comes closer, what's consuming you? Or 2021 and the plans and the pressures, what's consuming you? Or politics, what's consuming you? You know what, this guy, Jeremiah, who seemed to have a good handle on navigating storms and challenge, he lands himself in, he says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Why? Not because I feel top of the mountain, not because I feel great, not because Facebook's telling me I'm great, and not because I Googled it and I was told to feel great. I'm consumed by the love of God. It says, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jesus gave us a strategy for this. He says, actually, it's like the seeds of the kingdom and the seeds of God come into our life. And He says, they're things that snap up the seeds. Mark 4, He speaks about it gives us the parable and he speaks about a lot of things and he says it's it's the it's the worries of the world the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things that seem to snatch out the life of God in us and Jeremiah seems to put all of this aside he hasn't even heard Jesus teach it. he says actually I'm consumed by the love of God and well how does that work well it's his compassions that are new every morning See, because sometimes challenges are new every morning. And we're navigating, and I've, we've navigated this with this community for years, but my wife has been really well for about a year, and for the last six weeks, she's been very poorly with her back and navigating pain every day. And every day, it's a wake up and how you're doing today. Because every day is a different challenge, and some days the pain is eight, and some days it's three, and we navigate that. But if I forget that His mercies and His compassions are new every morning, I will be consumed by the journey of pain that my wife, who I love, is in. Or I am consumed by His compassion, because His eyes are always on me, and He isn't just the God with eyes like fire. He is the God with eyes like doves, who keeps His eyes on me, because He's my Father. This is who God is. It's not about who I am. It's not about the masks I find comfort in wearing. It's about who He is in the midst of the storm. And I want to help us land our lament. Because here's what I want us to be able to do as a church and as believers and as followers of Christ. I want us to be able to lament. Which means sing a sad song sometimes. Not every day. Not find our identity in our ability to lament not so celebrate our lament we're never able to move from it because it's so cool and everyone gives us attention there no our ability to lament the low days of life and land in the faithfulness of God because if this guy after 50 years of challenge and trial and people thinking he's a nutcase and no wife and no comfort and no care he says I'm consumed by love I want to help us this morning. Lastly, simply, I, I read the Bible and I want to tell you something like, where do you get the points? It's right there in the scriptures. <laughs> like it's not complicated. Just read the Bible. 
God reveals himself. And it says this, I say to myself, no, he's not nuts. He's not lost the plot. My wife thinks I've lost the plot often. I talk to myself a lot. I've always done it. When I was really young, I, I played lots of golf and I would stand over a putt. I'd be talking to myself. Then I became a kicker when I was older because I was so small that the only value this guy's got is going to kick, so he's just going to kick. So now I'm the kicker every time. Stanley, I'm watching. Anybody watch that magnificent victory of the Argentinians yesterday? Not important earthly things, but, and I'm watching little Nicolas Sanchez and he's about this big and he's playing against all blacks and every kick, he's talking to himself. Jeremiah is saying this, I say to myself, Why? Because we're always talking to ourselves and there's a thousand voices always shouting at us. And unless my voice is not, re- is not echoing his voice to my life, I'm telling you, I'm living an identity crisis. I'm living it. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. It's the same prayer Philip prays later in the book of John. He says, show me the Father and that will be enough for me. He says, God is my portion. He's enough. He satisfies my every part, my every desire. He anchors me in his character and his nature. And he reminds me that when I lack nothing in God because of his character and his nature, I have a never-ending source of supply of hope every time. Now, this doesn't mean you don't aren't aware of the world around you. It doesn't mean you don't have opinions and perspectives or of the brokenness around you. It means I'm anchored in the never-ending love of God. And when I sing my song of lament, I'm not going to land in the valley pit. I'm going to land in the faithfulness of God. And it might not sell on Apple iTunes. And it might not be taken up by everybody. But I think there's a Father in heaven who the only journey He's ever wanted from you and I is a trust journey, to trust His faithfulness. And when I wake up every morning, you've heard me preach it, but I wake up every morning and I say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I don't have time to teach it, but I'm praying, Our Father who art in heaven, I trust you before my daily bread, before forgiveness, before anything else. I place myself myself in you and your character. And I trust you. Why? Because you are my portion. And other things will fail. And other resources in this life will run out. They just will run out. Chatting to a man the other day, a friend of mine, many years, made millions. He just lost millions. And somewhere along the journey, he forgot this truth that God was his portion. And we started to speak about the days that God touched his mouth, the days that God touched his life. And you start seeing the life of God and the courage and the hope start to rise up again. Why? Because it's a never-ending supply of hope to every soul. Oh, Mark, but you don't know, I'm riddled with cancer. I do know. And I know that He is your never-ending supply. And if you see the victory on this side of eternity or on the next, you will see victory. See, we are wrapped up in a world that wants the story to end the way we want it to end and the way Hollywood tells us it should end. And it's popular and it sells, but it's not the Bible. Not every story in the Bible. My, my boy Judah is fascinated by the apostles. Dad, how did they die? Great story. Let's go there. <laughs> Only one of them died from old age, by the way. 
and yet we celebrate them, but they, they didn't write the script. God did for His glory and with a bigger picture called eternity in mind. So here's what I'm trying to encourage us as we look at this man of Jeremiah who says, when God is my portion, I lack nothing. He carries on, he says, the Lord is good to those who hope in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You want a, you want a direction on how to navigate life? Wait quietly, which means make less noise. Don't need to fight everyone. Don't need to fight Christians. Don't need to fight politicians. Just wait quietly upon the Lord because He wants to bless you. He wants to pour out His grace upon you. So three things in navigating, landing your laments. Is this helpful? I I didn't want to blow you away this morning. I wanted to help us. And you know what? I'm helping myself because I've done church my whole life and I've mastered masks. I've mastered them. I I was the worship guy who had to get up and lead in a community, a big church. And sometimes life wasn't dandy. And sometimes the night before, your heart is broken. And you've got to get up the next morning. And I'm not saying master there or master. I'm saying make sure we know how to get back into that place. Where the only voice that matters is the voice of heaven upon our lives. That is my portion. He's your portion. Three things. As we kick off this series, great is thy faithfulness, which I think should be the landing of every one of our laments. First and foremost, what are you calling to mind? I'm not asking what do you remember. I'm asking what do you call to mind? There's a difference. Jeremiah shows us that. Then he challenges us. He says, what are you consumed by? Because you're consumed by something. It's the nature of man. Think of Adam and Eve in the garden. They had it all, but they were consumed by what? An apple. An apple. They had everything. We get consumed by apples all the time. And lastly, the Lord is my portion. Sing it, write it, paint it on a wall. But I'm telling you, it's the call of every believer to find the grace of God in that place.